The estate planning team is an Ohio registered investment advisor. The following is for informational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any securities or financial products. Be sure to consult with a qualified financial advice and or tax professional before implementing any strategy discussed herein. You have financial goals and dreams. We can help you achieve them. Welcome to Financial Food for Thought, the show that answers all the questions on how to maximize your lifestyle and preserve your wealth. Try not to get worried, try not to turn on to problems that upset you. Don't you know everything's all right? Yes, everything's fine. And we want you to sleep well tonight. Let the world turn without you tonight. If we try, we'll get by, so forget all about us tonight. Good morning. You found Financial Food for Thought. You got Mark Donnelly and Carrie Waddell. I think we all need to relax a little bit, Carrie. Mm, easier said than done. It seems like every week there's more reasons to worry. Mm. Happy Holy Week to everybody. You know where this song's from. No, I don't know this song. Oh, <laughs> Are you kidding me? No. no. Don't know who sings it. Don't know the name of it. Never heard it in my life. It was from uh, an Andrew Lloyd Webber, one of his hits. Okay. Am I, I must have not seen it, because I've seen a few of his. No, I have not, I have not seen this one. It's called Jesus Christ Superstar? Oh, I've heard of it. I just haven't. You ought to catch it sometime, Gary. I think I've seen like it. some of his other ones. I've seen Joseph in the Technicolor Dreamcoat. Like. It doesn't even compare. Yeah. It would have. It was canceled with the Rona and Cleveland. Phantom, you know. Phantom is the best. Yeah. So we've got, you know. So is everything all right in your world? That's the theme for today's <clears throat> program. And how, maybe you don't know or don't know how to know if you're okay. So we're taping this show on Wednesday because of Salem's, you know, Good Friday observance. Yeah. Um, so. I don't have a, I don't have any cuts from you know President Joe Biden's you know he's he, he was going to talk later today I'm taping this Wednesday morning about his, you know on you know talking about his new infrastructure plan right but listening to him talk honestly is painful so I'm not missing that today well I'm also I'd rather read it uh, well I, what I, what I'm curious is whether or not there's going to be any Q and A after he's done talking about it. Um, but you know, but we, we've had a lot of financial, well, not financial news, well, financial news. We've had a lot of, uh, revelations about the democratic progressive tax agenda that's being pushed forward this week. Mm-hmm. So we'll talk about those today. Um, we can talk about, you know, Bernie Sanders, uh, you know, rollback of the federal state tax exemption plan. We can talk about, you know, the, the step up in basis, you know, the, a separate bill that was, you know, the draft in Congress. Um, so we'll be talking about those things. And, and the idea is these aren't law. It's not law yet. Right. But, you know, is it, you know, what's coming down or do you need to be worried about these potential uh, or these bills potentially becoming law? Or, you know, would do they not even have a chance of becoming law unless the Democrats in the Senate are successful in throwing out the filibuster? So we'll be, you know, we'll be talking about that. And, you know, we also have some clarification on what the IRS and the Treasury is deciding to do with the extension of this year's tax deadlines, right? Mm-hmm. So um, we've been talking about that for the last three weeks. So, Carrie, why don't you get us started? All right. Good morning, everyone. You're listening to Financial Food for Thought. We're here every Saturday morning on 1420 a.m. between 9 and 10. 
We're a financial educational talk program here to give you helpful information. We talk about financial news and politics because it could relate to bills we're going to talk about that may affect your financial life or you don't know, you better be as proactive as possible because sometimes there are people are targeted that they don't even know about. And in 2021, they is a time to be as proactive as ever. Um, and that's what we're talking about, things you can control and not. Um, this program is sponsored by the estate planning team. And the estate planning team's been around uh, Cleveland more than 35 years. We're fee-based fiduciary planners um, that have been, again, helping people in Cleveland more than 35 years through unbiased objective advice, advice and analysis. We are traditional financial planner number crunchers and do financial modeling for financial decisions that you may face and also are known for comprehensive and coordinated and customized plans. And definitely with everything going on, coordination of advisors is going to be really important. We don't do investments. Um, We do look at assets in terms of risk growth and tax efficiency and how much risk you should be taking on and talk about um, growth rates, um, assets in general. But um, we either work with our clients' existing investment advisors or in many cases now our clients' do the role of the investment advisor. So what we do is separate from that. And we offer a free no obligation consultation for people who want a little bit or a lot of help. Um, Either the consultation will make you aware of issues. If you prefer, we can do those by phone and we're meeting in person and we can do some preliminary analysis if you give us information so we can point out areas that you're concerned about. And sometimes people are concerned about things they shouldn't be and other people aren't concerned and they very well should be. And that's true if you're working and thinking about your future retirement or you're in retirement and you're concerned about the future tax increases, inflation, market volatility, this low interest rate environment and the long term impact. And again, taking advantage of opportunities in 2021. So take advantage of a free consultation. You can call. Um, we'll get back to you on Monday morning. Leave a message if you're thinking about, uh, you know, wanting to come in. Or you can contact us through our website. We will reply so you'll get a response within 48 hours if you do send an email through the website. On the website, you can sign up for the newsletter, which I have been blasting out as we get news and it's summarized really nice. I send that out so you'll get some good, easy to understand information. So call 440-239-2090 or visit financialfoodforthought.com. And you're listening to Carrie Waddell and Mark Donnelly here this morning. And, and talking about 2021, don't look now, Carrie, but the first quarter is done. I know. That might have Jeez. been the fastest first quarter in mm-hmm. my memory. Now, you know, our elders always tell us, Carrie, every year goes by faster, right? But That is true. But, but those three months... I can't believe the first quarter is done mm-hmm. in the second year of the Rona, right? Um, it's like everybody's just waiting around to explode, right? You know, in mm-hmm. other words, and go out and, and can we just get back to our future, you know, pre-Rona? Um, so a lot of people are just thinking it's going to happen this year. Um, but, you know, again, the, the, the maybe the U.S., but globally, you know, we've got, you know, now I'm hearing all France may have a mandatory shutdown again. What? Um, you know, Germany, you know, they're still struggling with their vaccine. I don't know. So globally, you know, it, it kind of goes for, with that. Um, all right. So let's see. Where do I start, Carrie? Um, the proposals that are going through. Well, no, I'm going to hold. You know, they'll put everybody to sleep. But um, I think let me just follow up. In other words, so we did get some clarification from the Treasury and the IRS that the that we do now have confirmation that with the extension of the tax filing date till Monday, May seventeenth, it also extends the time for taxpayers to make a 2020 IRA contribution or Roth Mm. IRA contribution, or if you've got one of the self-employed, you know, qualified plans, um, doesn't count for 401ks, but, you know, self-employed plans um, or health savings accounts, right? That you do have, you know, that extra month to get those funded. So that is a great opportunity if you have not maxed that out yet. Um, And, 
I'm not going to, you know, have time to go through all those thresholds, Carrie, but you know the thresholds, right? right? I mean, you, you know, you can, if you're over 50, you can fund up to $7,000 into a, a tax deductible IRA um, and a spousal. You could, you know, double that up, $14,000. Um, unless you have too much income, you know, it can be phased out. Um, Roth IRA contributions, um, you, you know, no tax deduction, but certainly get money. If you believe that higher income tax rates are in your future, you might want to try to get some money in Roth IRAs. If you if you make too much money to fund tax deductible IRAs, you might want to switch over and do a Roth contribution um, or the health savings account. Right. And in either case, you know, it's that it's it's you know, a lot of times at the estate planning team, what we try to point out to our clients is the idea of, you know, how can one strategy or one, you know, being active and taking and uh, taking advantage of one opportunity help you in multiple ways. So right. when, when you think about this, if you still have room to, you know, and you have an extra month now to come up with the cash to fund a tax deductible IRA, maybe you and a spouse, you know, up to 14000 Um Now, remember, too, there's no age limit on IRA contributions right. anymore. You know, the SECURE Act got rid of the you know rule that... I mean, we kind of got, like, lost with the SECURE Act because we went from SECURE Act to COVID and to the CARES Act. Right, right. yeah. And, <laughs> yeah, so, so yeah, so, um, yeah, remember the SECURE Act said... You know, you know, you still need earned income, right? But I mean, you, you can still contribute to a tax deductible IRA after age seventy. Um, well, now the new RMD age is seventy two. Right. Also done with the Secure Act, right? But anyway, so so. And then don't forget about the spousal contribution. You know, even if your spouse isn't working, you may still be able to fund their IRA mm-hmm. as long as you have enough income to cover the the, the thresholds, right? Um, so. So the idea is how do you kill a couple of birds with one stone, right? So so by making that additional IRA contribution or perhaps a health savings account tax deductible contribution, first of all, you're lowering last year's tax liability. That's a good thing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, or if you're expe- already expecting a refund, you're going to get a bigger refund, right? right. Um, but secondly, you're also um, you're you're also building your retirement nest egg. That's not necessarily a bad thing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, to try to build up your retirement nest egg. You know, maybe you know, I, you know. Obviously, that's not a bad thing. And the third thing is, I'm not saying this covers everybody's listening, but is it that if you were able to fund the fourteen thousand, let's say, into the IRA and the spousal IRA, would that lower your adjusted gross income to perhaps you're in a lower threshold that you may get more of the third round stimulus check? Hmm. Okay, taboo. So win, win, win is what you know. Um, now, um, now, just a, a couple of things. Um, about the HSA, right, Carrie? Because you know that that's one that's we love at the estate planning team because it's the talking about a win-win-win. I mean, not only do you get a tax deduction, you get the tax-free. You get, doing the contribution saves you money now. Yeah, you get the deduction now, lowers your taxes now. Then you can invest it in anything you want. Basically, it doesn't mm-hmm. have to remain in cash. Doesn't have to go into stocks. You know, it's your choice. And the idea is that while you're waiting, while it's growing, you're not paying any taxes on the growth. Mm -hmm. So you get the tax deferred compounding growth. And then the third leg, when you do take it out later in a qualified manner, and it's pretty liberal what you can use it for, it comes out income tax free. Hmm. So tax deduction going in, tax deferred compounding growth, tax free when you use it. Can't Mm -hmm. get much better than that. right? Um, Now, um, I will spend a little bit about... You know, the other misconceptions about HSAs, right, is that um, the idea that, you know, you know, we, we sometimes hear, well, Mark, I thought that you had to fund HSAs through payroll deductions. No, no, that's not the case. Um, you can certainly do it that way. But no, you can also just send a check to the custodian. Um, and, and, and obviously, you, you can't now, you know, through payroll deduction, get your 2020 contribution. Right. Too late. <laughs> you had to do that by December 31st paycheck, right? Um, but it's not too late to send a check to the custodian, right? And if you have never met your HSA custodian, perhaps you should. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, I can't tell you how many new clients coming in when we go through their due diligence and start talking about what things, you know, what they're doing, what they've got, how many say, well, Mark, I've never even talked to my HSA custodian or they think it's their payroll department. 
Right. It's usually a separate entity. No, it's a separate legal entity. Right. Um, and, you know, and, and so that's a coordination advisory. So in other words, if you don't know what questions you need to be asking your HSA custodian, we do. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, now, so the, the second thing, some misconceptions about the HSA is saying, well, Mark, I thought I couldn't contribute to an HSA after age 65. No, mm, that's a little confusing. Um, it, the idea what you're confusing there is the rule that says if you are on Medicare, right, you can no longer contribute to an HSA. And a lot of people link those two together. At 65, you go on Medicare. But believe me, there are plenty of people who are 65 who are still working who aren't on Medicare yet. Right. Um, or if you, you know, in other words, now you got to be careful because even if you sign up for Medicare A and, right. and defer Medicare B. Because you are covered by employer plan. It still bars you from funding the because HSA. Because it's still the Medicare. Uh, you know, and, and obviously, if you're already collecting Social Security income by 65, it's automatically going to throw you on Medicare at 65. But um, but if you're, but that's where the planning strategy. See, this is where, you know, we're very active planners that say planning team and saying, yeah, let's, if we're going to, if we're still covered by employer plan. Now, remember, it's got to be a high deductible health insurance plan right. for you to make eligible to do an HSA. But the idea is, yeah, if I'm not, you know, yeah, you can still fund an HSA over age 65. Usually the killer is once you start Medicare. Okay. Um, let's see. Now. And, and another misconception is on the catch-up provision, right? Mm -hmm. So like IRA contributions, HSA contributions also have an extra amount that you can contribute if you attain a certain age. Now, the confusing part is unlike IRAs, which that catch-up is age 50, Carrie, right? Mm -hmm. The HSAs, it's not age 50, it's age 55. Mm -hmm. Now, you ask me why? Don't ask me. You know, I'm not here to defend <laughs> the logic, simplicity, or fairness of our U.S. tax code. Mm -hmm. Just talking about the rules. All right. Um, so if you're over age 55, currently you can contribute an additional $1,000 to the HSA. We call that a catch-up provision, right? Um, now, but here's what a lot of people forget about. The spousal catch-up contribution, um, which says that, yeah, if your spouse has attained age 55, and they do not have their own HSA plan that they're contributing to, separate <laughs> from yours, so to speak, then you can also put in their $1,000 catch-up. So let's go over some numbers. Like, so for 2020, okay, okay so, the, you know, and I'm going to go, let's say you're in the family plan, right? So the maximum contribution is 7100 you know, if you're over age 55, you can add an additional thousand to bring it up to eight thousand one hundred. And if your spouse is at over age 55 and does not have any other plan HSA plan that they're going to do, you can put another thousand for them, hmm. taking your total contribution up to nine thousand one hundred. I, you know, a lot of when we bring that up to uh, our clients, a lot of them say, "Mark, why didn't anyone ever tell me I could do that?" Well, it's probably buried somewhere, but if you don't ask the right questions, right. no. But sometimes people aren't going to know that you don't know, and it's not necessarily their job. If you maybe it's buried in the information you got from HR, or it's just maybe you need to do some research. But a lot of people miss that with the spouse. Um, now, another um, interesting, you know, and sometimes we do get the question. And it's like, Mark, what is that crazy rollover from an IRA to HSA? And that's not talked enough about. And it's it's, it's a provision in, in the tax code um, that says you're allowed to contribute money to a health savings account. Um, well, in other words, once in your lifetime, you can take a rollover from your IRA and put it directly into your HSA tax-free. Hmm. Okay. Um, now, so in other words, let's say you say, Mark, boy, this is, yeah, I, I, I didn't realize that I still could contribute to my 2020 HSA. I'd love to do that, but I don't have the cash flow to do it. Right. Okay. Well, this is where you can trigger this, where you can just, you know, take money directly out of an IRA move it to the HSA, you don't have to pay taxes on it, okay? So that's another, you know, it, now it's a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity, um, but, you know, a lot of uh, people never even are, you know, think about that. Um, so, you know, with the, with the idea that, you know, 
the IRS has has confirmed that yes, you have the extra month to make the contributions. You know, should you dust off some of these ideas, see if you've maxed out your contributions or not, or if you are don't have any other income thresholds that prevent you, um, you know, from contributing, and see do you still want to do that? Um, and you know, and and it's just the idea of that coordination of advisors Mm -hmm. that helps bring these plans together. One last statement on the, on the HSA carry. Well, I was going to say one other thing. Um, Well, go ahead. You talked about the spousal and you talked about the IRA. Oh yeah. The other one is um, now with that annual contribution limit, Carrie, right? Mm -hmm. You got to be careful because if your employer is kicking in, some of the money to your HSA as an employee benefit. Which some do. That counts to that overall contribution limit. Which people don't realize. And I think it's the coordination advisors, you know, we don't always have the answers. But because we believe in advisors talking to one another and been doing it for many, many years, we know what questions to ask, who to ask, and how to get answers if you don't know. And that's part of the issues that we help clients with in all the different areas and the estate planning team offers a free no obligation consultation and it can be about any concerns that you have about your financial life if you're working thinking about your future retirement if you're in retirement um, and we deal with single married widow we have a lot of clients actually that we've been around long enough where we've you know we don't talk about it enough Mark and I know we don't have time on the show but when when a spouse passes away and the remaining spouse, which in the last year we've had a lot of sp- the surviving spouse isn't the financial person, is we really do a lot of hand-holding and help them. And we're a resource when they get something in the mail. We've been doing it all the time. I had a client. I was thinking today because we were recording, you know, called this morning and said, oh, it's me again. You probably right. And I'm like, that's what we're here for. Absolutely. When you get something and you don't know, and I think, you know, when you have a loss of a spouse and you weren't that financial person, and even if you were trying to go through that beyond the probate with the attorneys, which we help coordinate, there's a lot of other issues that you may face and not be aware of that we help with. So whatever that is, we may be able to help you. And we're honest enough, if we can't help you, we'll let you know and at least tell you which advisor you should be talking to. Or if you're in good shape, we'll also let you know. So take advantage of a free consultation by phone or in person. You can call 440-239-2090. That's 440-239-2090. Or visit financialfoodforthought.com. All right. And listen to Mark Donnelly and Carrie Waddell. And we're the estate planning team. We're co-owners of the estate planning team. And a little public service announcement here, Carrie. Uh, the estate planning team, you know, we don't see color, race, gender, sexual orientation or age. Okay. And over our 35 years that you had mentioned, Carrie, we've seen all of the above. Mm-hmm. And over those decades, we've helped all of the above mm-hmm. to build custom financial plans. See, we see math. Right. All right. And it's the same math everybody uses. Or the goals and the family, you know, your, you know, what you're worried about. Right. You know, your income, your assets, your liabilities, what you want to accomplish, and even the goals, even though it's fun to hear people talk about those things in general, but for the planning, it comes down to price tags, timeframes. When do you want to do it or what do you want to spend or what do you want to allocate for that? Right. So it's not the idea of sometimes we get to question, how big of a, an estate do I need before I come see you guys? Or... How many years before my planned retirement do I need to come see you guys? That's not really the issue. Mm -mm. The issue is, you know, are you looking at, at, you know, is it important to you? Do you have an issue going on that you, you don't know what you don't know? And the idea that, you know, we don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. Certainly in, you know, when we talk about life expectancies. Or I was going to say the government. (laughs) I I was starting at a higher level, Carrie, but let's go right down to the gutter. Yeah. Or what the government's going to do. We're going to talk about what the the Democratic progressives are doing. But um, but also, in other words, um, we also we don't I don't pack. Maybe Carrie does, but I don't pack, you know, when I'm in meetings with clients. So remember last week, Carrie, I was talking about um, the CPAs are going to need a lot of help 
Yeah. Because I'm sure they're tearing their hair out. You know, right. in, in other words, it was a CPA industry that lobbied the government that's saying you've got to extend the April 15th tax deadline because we can't deal with it. Not even that, but sometimes, you know, a CPA or we'll say, hey, you can either make a choice of paying the government X amount of dollars or if you contribute X amount of dollars to your IRA for last year for that same tax year, you won't owe anything. Hmm. Do you want to pay yourself or it'll sometimes it'll pay what you owe is a lot less. So pay yourself. How can you do that if you haven't prepared the tax return? So I don't know if you saw this headline during the week, Carrie. A U.S. tax accountant was arrested after pulling a gun on a client during an argument over paperwork. No, I did not. Bad idea. Okay. Um, a Texas accountant was arrested after pulling a gun on clients during an argument over issues with their paperwork. Uh, okay. Um, Latunia Wright, age 46, was arrested and booked into the Harris County Jail Thursday and has been charged with aggravated assault. Um, when deputies arrived, Wright was arguing with the customer when it turned physical. Okay. Um, Jeez. Further investigation revealed that she struck the victim with a firearm that she brandished during the altercation. Okay. Um, the, um, the, the, uh, the, the, the client who got assaulted, um, she, uh, what did she say here? Said she recorded the event on her cell phone. Okay. Um, according, of course, that's. I mean, in all fairness, I'm going to say no. You don't threaten someone. You don't pull a gun. You don't even hit someone over paper. But the fact that that's our world now, you have to yeah. watch every. I mean, granted, even if they just verbally, now everybody has a cell phone. You have to watch everything you say. So, what was the argument about? <laughs> she she said she was being audited by the IRS after she received the tax services, um, and the tax preparation. So apparently. She wasn't happy that she was now. So, so a couple of points of interest here. So again, I don't pack when I'm in meetings with clients. I, I'm, <laughs> Carrie, I don't know about you. I'll let you decide. But, but the idea. I'll leave it as a surprise. Okay. But, but the, <laughs> but the idea is, um, in other words, if you do get some fan mail from the IRS, don't panic. It, don't you know? Run into your CPA's office screaming. Now, not that that warrants them pulling a gun out on you. No. Um, but the idea is... There's a process. Yeah. You Relax. Know, you might not have to be as, you know, worried. Is everything maybe all right? Maybe maybe it's because people are a little stressed. People just maybe need to keep their cool. Yeah. So I thought that was a nice follow-up. Um, Jeez. And we're not even, like, close to the deadline. I can't imagine. If you're if you haven't gotten your third round stimulus check um, and you're wondering where it is, you can. Um, yeah. <laughs> what were you going to say? Kira? I was going to say there's a website you can go look yeah, it up. Get my payment. Right. Yeah. I, I've, I've been there many, many times. OK. Um, because I'm I do a lot of, you know, in state planning, we don't do tax returns for clients. Right. But Mark Don- Donnelly does a lot of tax returns for family members. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Children. Mm-hmm. Uh, parents, parents. <laughs> uncles, <laughs> in-laws. Yeah, you got a few. Yeah. So I've gone to get my payment many, many times um, on the behalf of because you don't need a whole lot of information. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, and it's, it's an IRS.gov. You know, it's it's you know, you just need your um, Social Security number and date of birth and address, basically. OK, and then it tries to identify you. Um, and it, it just, it doesn't, and what it does, it'll just let you know, number one, if your, if your check has already been processed, mm-hmm. in other words, if they send it out to you electronically, it'll give you the, the date that it was sent out to your bank and actually right. reference the last four digits of the bank account number. Okay. Cause, cause remember the big problem with the first two rounds is that people forgot to tell the IRS that they changed bank accounts. Mm-hmm. And then they were wondering, hmm, I never got my deposit. That's because you closed the bank account. Right. Since the last time. And you didn't let the IRS know that. Right. Um, secondly, if you're not getting it electronically, it'll tell you whether, you know, it went out in the mail. 
Okay, and the date it was projected to be mailed. Now, what that doesn't tell you is if they're mailing you a physical check or they're mailing you a debit card. It doesn't tell you that. Okay. But at least, you know, I should start watching. Not, not that we've had any problems with the mail this year, right? Still, but, I've heard there's a little bit of delay. Um, but, you know, you, you and, and remember, if you get this obscure-looking white envelope that you've never seen before, don't throw it out. You might want to open it to see if it's your, you know, debit card from the government. It's not a, it's not a scam. It's it's a real debit card, and it may include, uh, you know, your phone number. No, so, so yeah, so you can go to you know get my payment website, um, and and look for that. Um, and then you know, again, there's still the issue of whether you'll be able to um, recover. In other words, well, what I was going to say about the get my payment, one more statement about that. I was kind of surprised, though, that when I, when I was testing this out, that I didn't realize that when they updated the get my payment website for the third round stimulus checks, Gary, mm-hmm. they erased the first two rounds. Oh, so you didn't have the history of those other payments because... I'm thinking you still want a way to measure. Did I get you know? Because some people, yeah, some people are still dealing with Mark. I haven't. I never. I think I should have gotten the first round or the second round. I didn't get it. So unfortunately, when the IRS updated the website for the third round, they purged all the the first round. So ah, oh, that's the government for you. You know. So so unfor- So you know. Yeah. Now because the issue is, if you think that you deserved either round one or round two. Mm-hmm. You know, and you never got it. All right, um, you, there's still a way to recover that on your when you file your 2020 tax return. Mm-hmm. You know, it's line 30, the recovery rebate. So you know that's another thing that you may want to be you know asking right. or talking to your tax preparer about. Or if you're using one of the robots, if um, make sure that you're following that robots in, you know step by step you know, to, to get through their whole questionnaire to say, eventually to see if it asks you, you know, by the way, Mr. and Mrs. Smith, did you uh, get your stimulus checks or did you not, you know, and, and don't just skip through it. Um, you know, if, if, if you don't know how to, you know, if you're not comfortable uh, or you're saying that, Hey, I didn't now, if you already got your first and second round stimulus checks, obviously that's not an issue. Right. But um, either way, call the estate planning team for a free no-obligation, no-pressure consultation. We're happy to do those in person or by phone. And if you provide us information, we'll at least run some preliminary analysis and show you an example of our financial model and how we go about analyzing and processing and give you, hopefully, um, a perspective on your financial life you may not have seen in such a way before. And it give allow us to point out opportunities as well as potential problems. And in 2021, you want to be as proactive as possible about your financial life because who knows what's coming with regard to taxes. Many people are concerned about the inflation, low interest rates, and we can help you with those concerns and give you clarity on what steps you should take and strategies you should use to implement those things. And before you go out and get something, a product or run out because you're worried and get something you don't need or don't understand, because certainly there's a lot of things out there. We believe that you should have a plan to figure out what you need and how it fits today and in the future. And you can call the estate planning team at 440-239-2090. That's 440-239-2090 or financialfoodforthought.com. All right. Listen to Mark Donnelly and Carrie Waddell. And, and Carrie, so do you need to be worried about the Democratic progressive tax agenda being pushed forward? Mm. Um, now, Last year on this radio show, months before the uh, actual November election, I proposed that question Mm -hmm. many times. In other words, is it time to seriously consider a Democratic progressive tax agenda? Carrie, remember, we talked a lot about that. Um, But, you know, I also, through the decades we've been doing this radio show, I've given you the Mark Donnelly, you know, tax axioms, right? right. Or congressional axioms or, or or whatever. You know, one being, um, you know, I've, you know, when when the Democrats say that the way they're going to fix all the US economic problems is by raising income, you know, taxes, I believe them. Right. 
Okay, when the GOPs say that they can fix all the U.S. economic problems without raising any taxes, I don't believe them. Okay. All right. Um, now another one, you know, a lot of people are saying, oh, you know, with the stim, you know, with the with these, you know, the Joe Biden's, you know, Joe Biden's ARPA plan, and you know, the one point nine trillion, and and the further, and and the you know the, the deficit and and then and inflation and, and and stuff like that. Um, another axiom that you know we've always said in this show is you know really the to me the only political party who voices their concerns over the U.S. deficits is the political party that's not in power at the time they're voicing their right. concerns. In other words, that is that's the way it goes, um, and. Right. So by saying that, I'm saying, yeah, you know, you know, right now, I don't think there's anybody seriously in Congress who's worried about U.S. deficits or the debt. I think they should be. But um, and, you know, a lot of people, Carrie, agree with you. Um, How can they not? I mean, they're being fiscally irresponsible because it's not their money. Um, you know, because it's the new modern, you know, Monetary theory, Carrie. Um, all right. It doesn't so, matter. We'll deal with it later. So, <laughs> as we said, so President Biden's going to, you know, talk about his American jobs plan, right? You know, because mm-hmm. the first one, the ARPA, the American Rescue Plan, you know, was the $1.9 trillion that they got passed without breaking the filibuster with, you oh. know, for the um, so now this one, the infrastructure plan, he's naming the American jobs plan, okay? Somewhere between two and two point two five trillion dollars, Gary. I, I don't think, by the way, Mark, he's naming it anything. <laughs> Sorry. Um, well, you, yeah. Sorry. I just... <laughs> okay. Um, so, uh, <laughs> so what's you know? I'm not going to go through all the numbers, Gary. Mm-hmm. Um, but the but the point is, they're gonna. I, I do think they're gonna have to raise taxes. If they have any chance of saying this plan is going to work, I just don't think they can print enough. You know, remember the the ARPA plan; they didn't raise taxes; they just printed the money. Right now, um, they're going to have to raise yeah, taxes. They're going to have to. Um, now, don't jump. You know, do you need to be worried about that? Maybe, maybe not. Okay, um, you know that's the. That's the, why you just you. Start looking at what you can do and stop saying, oh, there's nothing I can do. Right. And you might not want to ask your neighbor uh, if, if what, you know, if they're going to be hit by, the, you know, the the the, the progressive tax because they might and you might not or vice versa. Mm-hmm. Um, now, um, so you, you got to sharpen your own elbows. You know, you got to figure this out for yourself. Um, but there's, you know, a lot of controversy about saying, is this the way to go or not? Right. And there's a lot of debate about this, Carrie. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a lot, you know, the Democrats are saying, you know, it, it will invest in America in a way we have not invested since mm-hmm. we built the interstate highways and won the space race. OK. Um, you know, it's it's that it's an idea. And really, the Democrats are presenting this as Carrie. This is really a testimony to will democracy work in globally hmm. as opposed See, globally then. as opposed to communism hmm. See, or socialism no communism we're talking you know well social and we're talking china and russia the other people that want to lead the right world. okay specifically china mm-hmm. okay um you know so in other words china is saying that America's plan failed. It did not protect the American people. It it created a huge, you know, inequality gap. Uh, America's full of racists, right. and you know they're the debt, and, and they're just going into debt. Wouldn't but still China? That, well, then why does everybody want to come here? Well, I, I'm just telling. <laughs> right. I'm not, I, I know. I just ah. Oh. So China says, "Go our. We have a better system." Because they have so many people wanting to go live in China. Except we got to get rid of the bat suit. Yeah. 
Um, <laughs> and COVID. But but the idea is, but that's what you're going to hear from the Democrats if you read between the lines. That, you know, it, that this is a plan, and the Democrats have a history of going big, you know, you know, with New Deals, you know, Social Security, whatever. Um, they don't like going small, Carrie. You know, they like mm-hmm. to go big. Um, and, you know, it, it, what they're saying is, this is that, you know, we are going to find a solution to close this K-shaped recovery, to, you know, build up a strong middle class again, mm-hmm. to, to, you know, reduce the pay gap. All right. Um, you know, and the idea is that we, you know, Democrats are saying we are going to develop a system that works with the public sector with the private sector. In, in a coordinated effort that lifts everybody's floats, everybody's boats up higher. Mm. OK. Um, and, you know, it's going to create millions of jobs. Mm. Shovel ready jobs. Right. right, 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 right. Yeah, I've heard that one before. Um, all right. But not everybody agrees. With that. OK. Including, you know, Joshua Bolton, who was president of the business roundtable. You know, because, you know, one of the things we know that, that, you know, that Biden is talking about is raising the corporate and, you know, the private sector, raising the corporate income tax rate from, you know, Trump's lower 21 percent back up to 28 percent. Okay. Also instituting like a global income minimum. In other words, so these companies that have gone offshore to avoid U.S. corporate income taxes, they're going to they're going to go after those guys. Right. And make that loophole, close that loophole. All right. Um, so anyways, back to the business roundtable. Um, he says, you know, that his group strongly opposes corporate tax increases as a pay for, you know, for the infrastructure investment, particularly during the recovery, the right. recovery when the companies are trying to get open the doors again. Right. Um, you know, but, you know, but again, I heard, you know, uh, President Biden's, you know, one of his U.S. National Economic Council guys, his name, his name is Brian Deese, pretty smart guy, right, Brian Deese. Um, he, I heard him interviewed, you know, and he was arguing that the plan is a model, you know, or a test to show the world that the U.S. Democratic, you know, government can thrive and recover from this Rona and lead globally the financial world. Mm-hmm. Okay, Um that it can, you know, successfully combine public and private, you know, sectors um, that, that they we can take care of Americans, um, you know. And like I said, you know, so that is the way they're spinning it. Um, now, if we talk about, you know, so I did want to. How am I doing on time, Carrie? Uh, We're good. Um, so what are some of the other ways that. You know, if they are going to say they're going to have to pay for this infrastructure, right? And remember, this is just the first half of the infrastructure. There's still another half coming. Um, <laughs> um, but the, the the idea is, you know, will they even be able to get this all done without breaking the filibuster, right? Well, that's where, you know, Chuck Schumer has made some movements recently, Carrie. Um, and what he's trying to do is, you know, and that not getting too far in the weeds of the budget reconciliation process, but the, the kind of idea is that we thought you could only do that like once a year, right? Mm-hmm. Um, well, apparently that's not the case. Now, we've already know that the Democrats can do two this year, and that's partly we thought was because of the Rona shutdown last year. Right. Okay. Um, <clears throat> but we're, we're finding out maybe that's not the case. Um, because Schumer has now presented a a, uh, a a plan to you know the the, the Senate parliamentarian uh, you know Elizabeth McDonnell you know McDonnell remember she's the one who blocked that they couldn't do the fifteen per hour minimum wage in the one point nine trillion package Gary you know because there's rules right. you know, Senate parliamentary rules of what can be passed with budget but basically what Schumer is trying to get at is that um, he wants to get to saying where really it's they're not limited. So, in other words, they could even maybe do three budget reconciliation plans this year. <laughs> so we don't know how she's going to rule on that. Mm-hmm. Um, so that means they got the first one done with the $1.9 trillion ARPA plan. The second one may be the infrastructure. And could they still do it again? You know, this is all would be done before the you know next midterm elections. We'll see. But, you know, what a lot of news this week, Carrie, 
was some of the new tax bills that the Democrats put forward. So, you know, you have the uh, Bernie Sanders, uh, and he called his the the four, the 99.5% act, Gary. Okay. Okay. And I'm just calling, this is the rollback of the federal state tax exemption. Mm. So this is where it would roll. It currently stands at 11.7 million and couples get two of those, right? Okay. Um, He wants to roll that back to what Biden had talked about pre-election to three and a half million. Okay. All right. Um, That number had been thrown around a few times. Keep the portability. So couples would still get two or seven million. And he said 99.5% of Americans would not be affected by that. Do you think that's true? Uh, yeah, probably. Okay. Seven million, probably. Um, but I'm saying, what about a single person with three? I don't know. I think that's a little low percentage. I don't know, Carrie. You can, we can see if we can okay. get Bernie on the phone. All right. Feel the I burn, dis- I disagree. All right. Um, but it's also, it, it increases the tax rate, you know, currently mm-hmm. at 40%. So it'd, it'd be up to 45. It's graduated, you know, up to back up to a, a 65% top rate. Mm, okay. Ouch! That's if you're in excess of one billion, right? Okay. Um, it, it's it says the it ends the tax breaks for dynasty trusts. Um, says it closes other loopholes in the estate and gift taxes. Um, you know that's the valuation discounts. That's the old family of partnerships, right? You know if you don't know what I'm talking about, come see us. If you if you have a family business that you're trying to pass, you know to to your children without having an estate tax, you know you know kick in you know devastate that plan um protects if it does protect farmland and conservation easements um and you know kind of you know and and go from there um it's interesting if you if you go and look up bernie sanders um you know for the 99.5 percent act he lists out all the billionaires carry Okay. He takes the Forbes billionaires and says, this is how much more that they would pay in estate taxes if you follow my plan. It's quite interesting. Um, all right. I don't have time to get into that. A second one that got a lot of news, um, especially if you listen you know, to Hugh Hewitt um, you know, during the week, he almost had a meltdown. And that's the idea of getting rid of the step up in basis. Okay. Um, and, and, you know, the step up in basis is, you know, the idea of it's a very favorable treatment that if you pass capital appreciating assets, capital appreciating assets at the time of you die, um, you never had to pay capital gains tax because they were unrealized capital gains until you died, that your children don't have to pay that. It, 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 you know, they get a step up in basis, right, Carrie? As opposed to a carryover basis. So a carryover basis is if, um, let's say you bought a stock for $75, and you and let's say I gave that stock to my son while I'm living, okay, as a gift, a stock gift, right? Um, the my basis goes with that, okay. Mm-hmm. So the, it it carries over the basis. So if my son, yeah, I can give him the stock while I'm living, but the basis goes with that. And then if he sells it, let's say he sells it for hundred bucks, he'll have to pay the twenty five dollar capital gains tax, right? right. That's a carryover basis. Um, a step up a basis is saying, but at death, if I leave my son that stock, it's worth $100 at the date of my death. My basis was $75. He gets a step up a basis at death. Right. His basis care, you know, isn't carryover. It's stepped up. It becomes $100. So if he sells it at that point, he doesn't have to pay that unrealized capital gains. Tax. Right. Very favorable. True for any capital appreciating asset that you own including real estate, right? So what happened was, um, you know, Senator Van Hollen out of Maryland, you know, gave a bill and it, it's, um, he's saying they want, you know, and, and Biden talked about this, getting rid of it, getting rid of the stub up and basis as a way to pay for, you know, the, so, so you can see what's happening here, right, Carrie? You've got Joe Biden's, you know, you know, uh, next infrastructure plan that will probably have, you know, corporate income tax increases and the income tax increases on people making over 400000 But then you've got these other separate standalone bills that may roll back the federal state tax exemption to $3.5 mm. and get rid of the stuff of basis. You add it all up together, right? You see That's where we're lot. going. All right. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, the question is, how many you know budget reconciliations can Schumer get to, you know before the next midterm election, right? Um, but one of the things about the step up in basis, why I said you know you might not have to be worried about this, is because they gave an exemption amount. 
similar to the idea that the federal state tax has an exemption amount. Now, the number they threw out, remember, this is a draft bill, you know, mm-hmm. is a million dollars. OK. Um, and they do, you know, you know, keep the idea of, of portability where couples would get two million dollars. Right. Now, remember, Carrie, too, that's just on the capital appreciation. Mm-hmm. OK. That's not the total value. Right. Of the asset. Right. You know, back to my example of the seventy five dollar stock that's worth one hundred dollars. Right. It's it, this this. Exemption isn't based on my hundred dollars, the value of my stock. It's based on the capital appreciation, the twenty five dollars above my basis. Right. So, so if you if you're talking about a two million exemption from the capital appreciation, how much really is that in assets? Mm. It could be in my let's, right. In other words, if you have a million dollars, it may it may be you your basis may be seven hundred fifty thousand of that. Right. You know, so, you know, so I don't know if you need to jump off a bridge. Right. Okay. Um, now, they're also, they're still going to keep the capital gain exclusion for the sale of a primary residence. Um, and, you know, the, and they're also, um, they're building in some protection if, you know, to protect the family farm. Right, Carrie? Mm-hmm. Because that was, remember, I was one of always the... Hits. That was a big thing always. Yeah, but, you know, I still say, Carrie, and I've never had anyone in listening in, in the years I've been doing the show, somebody please send me a documented IRS case where a small family farm was devastated because of the federal state tax. Okay. Because I have never found one. I heard a lot about it. Right, you did. I mean, that's kind of a talking and, point. And uh, for decades on this program, I've been saying, can someone send me a documented case? Because I've never found one. You know, quite frankly, what I learned over the years is that the farmers, the, the, the attorneys that work for the farmers are some of the smartest people in the world. Because, boy, did they know how to avoid the federal state tax right. for, the, for, for well, their farmer clients. Makes sense. All right. Um, now. So, but what what the what this bill does have is that um, you know taxes on the unrealized gains of inherited assets that are not actively traded, such as businesses or right. i.e. farms, okay, could be spaced out over fifteen years, okay. Um, but if the asset is liquidated, then the unpaid tax is due immediately. So they do provide something in there that says you know you, you know that. If it is a family business situation, it gives time for the family, if they don't plan on selling the assets, you know, to, to, to get rid of that. All right. We're going to talk a lot more about this because mm-hmm. we only got about a minute left, Carrie. Um, the one thing, too, you, you know, next week, I didn't get to today. Next week, Carrie, I want to talk about, you know, the estimated tax issue. Right. right. Um, you know, I usually do that once a quarter, you know, right before mm-hmm. The estimated tax is coming up. So we have an, you know, the first quarter estimated tax is still due April 15th. So, so far that has not been extended to right. May 17th, right? Um, but if you're not, if you're, if you're confused about that or you don't understand previous year safe harbor and current year safe harbor and how you can pay your taxes through withholding or estimated payments or credit carry forwards, listen to next week's show. Or if you can't listen next Saturday morning, catch the podcast you know a few days after that or call the estate planning team for a free consultation at 440-239-2090 or visit financialfoodforthought.com happy easter everyone tune in next week for more financial food for thought for more information about the show for estate planning or upcoming seminars call the estate planning team at 440-239-2090 thanks for listening